Holy Spirit and gift and gift of interpretation or tongues. If there's an interpretation, let them speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, using his body this morning. Beautiful. Beautiful. Bring him on down. You can be seated. Thankful for gifts of the Spirit in operation in our church. I had someone say to me not very long ago, they were visiting. Stand with me, if you will. Get right into it this morning. We've had a lot that we've gone on, that's gone on, and so we'll get right into the Word. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, and then Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13. I want to recognize some folks that are with us. If you'd still been seated, you could have seen them better, but... With the uh, Jones family, all the way from Oklahoma, we want to welcome, I think it's, it's let me see, it's Marsha, James, and Jennifer Hendrickson, right? Are you here? Would you lift your hands so we can see you? Welcome to Ohio. We're glad that you guys are here with us. Where's James? Oh, there's. All right, excellent. Thank you so much for being here. We've heard about you coming, so we're excited that you're here today. You're, you hang out with some really cool people. We love the Jones family. Wow, I mean, today is we got to get right to it because it's been a weekend. It's been crazy. You see, our missionary, Chris and Kathy Swift, they were supposed to be here at this service. And we had been planning on that for over a month. And uh, Brother Swift ended up, you might remember, a couple weeks ago we prayed for him. He had a stroke. He's just not bounced back. He thought he was going to be able to make it. And Friday afternoon he called me and, brokenhearted they love Stratford Heights and uh, he said man I, I don't want to do it I, I've waited till the last possible minute and said and if you tell me that it's too late and we've got to be there he said I promise you we'll get up we'll be we'll drive all the way from Tennessee to be there he said but he said I'm really not feeling well and I said brother Chris don't you worry about it you stay at home he said we care about you I prayed with them on the phone Kathy got on the three-way on the conference call and we prayed the Holy Ghost down in Lowe's parking lot and uh, felt the presence of God as I prayed over them. And then as soon as I hung up from him, I went, ah! <laughs> I just got home at 3.30 in the morning on Thursday, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. 
I've got a, now I've got, I'm preaching tonight, so I was like, I got that service, and now I have the two services, and I have 24 hours to get this together. I said, God, you got a problem. And then the rest of the weekend just was terrible. Terrible. Unbelievable. I went through something. It was an attack of the enemy. I, somebody says, Oh, pastor, you ought not to get up and tell people that. Don't tell people that you go through things like that. Can I just be real with you this morning? Every pastor goes through things like that. And, you know, I, I wrestled with it, and I thought, oh, should I, should I not say anything? Should I, should I tell them that I, I was discouraged, I was down, I was depressed, I was beaten down, I, I was, felt defeated, I, I felt like I wanted to quit and go work somewhere else, go find another job, I was going to call Brian, see if I could work at his company, I mean, I'm th all these things are coming into my head, and I'm sitting in a chair, and people are texting and calling, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody, I, no, I'm not answering no phone calls, I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody, I don't want to talk to a living soul on the earth, I am depressed, oh God, let me die. I didn't, but Elijah did. And in that process, you know, I worked on the message because, well, I, I got this to preach, so we are, we're down to the last one. Marty did a wonderful job last Sunday on Pursue Growth, didn't he? Excellent job. So many of you, I mean, just so many compliments, so many emails and texts and phone calls in person, person. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. You did a wonderful job. So I thought, I've got to do serve the world. So I did serve the world, and I got down to like, I think, 14 pages. I had it all done, but I felt bad, and I was defeated, and I was discouraged. I was like, serve the world. You wrap up the towel around you and wash the feet. And I'm writing all down the, the stuff I need to do for that kind of a message. And, and I, I remember I was just like, God, I'm miserable. This attack, this I felt weird. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I, and finally, I, I listened to that the Charity Gale CD. I don't know if you know who she is. She's the one that wrote that Mercy song that we sing. That it's so amazing. And she's got a song called Enter In. The song came on. And oh my goodness. It was like heaven came down in my house and the Lord said would you just stop for a minute and he began to minister to my spirit began to lift me up encourage me and in that process you know he, he said I called you you can't make no decisions about your calling that's me you're not allowed to do that he said I'm the one who put you where you are no man controls that. I do. He said, you stand up. Get out of this pit that you're in. And let me encourage you. And he began to encourage me. And I began to sing that song. Enter in. Enter into the presence of the Lord, to the throne room of grace. And I began to be ministered to, and he knows exactly how to do that, doesn't he? How many of you have been there before? 
the power of the Holy Spirit at work. And then he began to change the message. And he said, you know, pastor, you know every time you're going through something, it's because there are other people that are going through things. And you've got to be the one. You're the voice for me. You're going to get up on Sunday. And guess what? You're not going to preach about serving the world. You're going to preach about fighting for your life. That's what you're going to preach. Because people are going through trials and troubles and they're going through the spiritual warfare you know somebody says well that church is man every time you turn around they're talking about battles they're talking about spiritual warfare don't they ever have a good time they ever just go out and eat yes we do we have a great time we celebrate every time we win a battle but i found that if i'm not in one i just came out of one or i'm fixing to go into another one i have found since i found christ I entered into a spiritual realm and a warfare against good and evil. And the enemy is constantly on the job. But here's what I've come to find out. So is God. He doesn't leave the throne. Hallelujah. He doesn't leave the throne. When you can't find a friend, when you can't trust people around you, when you have been betrayed and you felt abandoned and you felt all these feelings these things the enemy throws at you let me tell you there's one that is on the throne he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother he will never leave you nor forsake you he's our strength and every now and again you got to go through something so you remember that it isn't about anything else but the prize about jesus He's the calling. He's the church. He's our strength. He's our deliverance. He's our victory. He's our salvation. He's our hope. He is our anchor. He's our peace. He's all of those things. So we trust Him. We look to Him today. So that's where we're at. He says, I am the door. I'm the door. I loved that. I'll talk about it in a minute. By me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And then in the very next verse, he says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then semicolon. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Next verse, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. In other words, he's saying, hey, I got you. I'm the door, I'm the way in, and I'm the way out. And everywhere in between, when the enemy, the spiritual battle starts, the warfare starts, I'm there. He comes to kill. He comes to try to steal. He comes to try to destroy. But don't worry about it. I've also come. I'm on the job. I'm in the field. And I come to give you life. And I'm going to give it to you more abundantly. That's what he says. Closes it all up with, I'm the good shepherd. And a good shepherd will give his life for his sheep. So he's saying how far he'll go. How much did he love us? This much. He gave. So then the next verse that I want before I'll let you sit down is Ephesians 6 and 13. It's our text. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. 
having done all, to stand. To still be standing when the dust settles. When the enemy gives up, because how many of you know he's going to give up? He's going to quit. He's going to be wrapped up in a chain. And I love reading about that because it isn't Jesus that's going to go down there. You know, he had, the enemy dared to, the audacity to fight him in the wilderness. But at the end of it all, Jesus is going to sit on the throne and stay there. Tell me he ain't moving. He's just going to look over at one of the angels, probably don't even know who it'll be, and he'll just go, take care of him. He'll be wrapped up. And it'll all be over. Lord, we ask your blessings on the word of God. Touch us today. Minister strength and grace. Challenge us and speak to us in a season of warfare. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. I'm the door. The first thing we do when we go anywhere is we look for the door. Anywhere you are, you're looking for the door. You're looking for the way in. You, you look for the way out. When I was down at the convention center, that thing was a mile and a half long to get from one side to the other. And junior talent for our kids was on one end and the assembly was on the other end. And sometimes I'm in this meeting. Our, our guys, our pastors were all down here and we're in this meeting. And somebody says, uh-oh. The, the dance team, they go on in a few minutes. There are two, two entries, and we're like, oh, no, we're turning around, and we're, we're running. We're trying to get there as quickly as we can. And one of the times I got there, I, we were doing so well, and I, I, I got there, and I got all the way up to the door, and I'm like, I got to get in. That's, that's Stratford Heights. That's our group. And I was like, sorry, can't get in. And all I could do was just look through that little crack, and I saw the little white dresses as they were going. And I stayed and I stayed and I stayed. We stayed and, and then it was over. We went out and we were looking at them. You guys, you did so awesome. It's so good to see you. And I was like, and then one of them looks right at me. So you saw us, Pastor? And I was like, no. And I told them I missed it. And they had the look of sadness, but then I made it good right away. And we got pictures and, and, and we had seen them do it. And, and it worked out. But it was such a tough, tough thing going from one to the other. And I remember when I got out of the car in the parking lot, I'm like, where's the door? Where's the entrance to this massive building? It went forever. And so I looked for the door, the door, the door that, oh, that's the way in, it's the way out. It, it's the, the thing that it, when it's locked, it it's, keeps you safe. When it's open, it's, it's for friends and family to come through. It's for opportunity. It's for you to leave and, and feel good about coming back because a door is a transition. A door is a transition. It's a passageway from one place to another, from another world to another world. It's the future. It's the potential. Sometimes you have to knock, but the door is a beautiful way for Jesus to describe himself because he's all of those things. He's the author and the finisher, the beginning and the end. He's, he's all of those things. He said, and I'm so proud of the word of God. I mean, granted, these men and women wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but wow, thousands of years later, the word of God is such an inspired masterpiece. It's beautiful. He said, of all the adjectives to describe himself in one word, 
the Holy Spirit whispered, Jesus describes himself as a door. He's referring to the fact that he's, he's, the, he's the in, the out. He's the mystery behind the door. He's the opportunity. He's the potential. He's the future. He's the destiny. It all comes through him. And so we're knocking this morning. I'm knocking. And I'm looking at the fact that the door opens, shuts. It, the door was shut for the speaker, shut for the message that was already prepared. It opened for a new message. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, there's people, this is for, they're coming to the service today. And while they, they are loving this and God is changing our church, we're in this shifting with this direction and this, this instruction on how we move forward. And it's guiding and directing our ministries together to come underneath the great commission. You have a problem with this, you've got a problem with the Bible because it all comes out of that great commission. And so we're moving and, the, and it's giving us some some clarification on what we do moving forward as a church. It's a good message, and we've got one more to cover. And I thought, Lord, we're going to do serve the world. And, and, and even though I'm having a tough weekend, I'll, I'll battle through it, and I'll, I'll preach that. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to minister to you, and then you're going to turn around, and you're going to minister to the ones who are coming in on Sunday morning that are hungry and thirsty, and they're dying. They're in the deep end of the pool, and they're drowning, and they need a message. They don't need this one just yet. They need another message. They need one that says, I'm there in the middle of the fire. I'm there in the middle of the flood. I'm there in the middle of the trial and the trouble. I'm there in the midst of the, the, the attack of the enemy because you see, we're all in this battle. We're living in this battle constantly. You are, you and I, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, Paul wrote and said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. But notice what the first three words are. For we wrestle. Anybody, anybody who doesn't understand that Christianity is about a battle, it's about a fight. If you find yourself in a fight, don't worry. Don't feel defeated. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel like doubt because I'm telling you, we're called as children of God, to fight the good fight of faith. Paul was the one who said that. At the end of his life, at the end of it all, when he had looked back over everything, he called Timothy to come from the church he was pastoring, and he said, Timothy, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I suffered through every spiritual battle. They abused me, they terrorized me, they jailed me, they, they, I was shipwrecked, I was beaten, all these things. I suffered through it, I fought a good fight. I preached the gospel, I fulfilled my calling, I fought a good fight through it all. This is not finished, I finished. I completed my mission, got to the end of my life and there wasn't a thing left for me to do. I wrote what I needed to write, I wrote the letters, I did the preaching, I set up the churches, I, I endured the hardships, I endured all the trials and the troubles, I did all of this, and now the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight and I finished my race. And then he looks at him and he, no doubt, tears coming down his eyes as he says, and I kept the faith. 
I never once quit. I never once let it get me to the point that I threw in the towel. I never let it destroy me. He tried. He tries to kill. He tries to destroy. He tries to steal. That's deception. That's taking from you. He tries those things. But Jesus promises to hang on. Don't you let go. Don't you give in. Don't you throw in the towel. Keep the faith. And then at the end of the life, at the end of your life, you can celebrate as Christ in the heavenly realms say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, can you not wait till we get there? I can't wait to get there. Enter in. Enter in through the door. Enter in. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says in the Message Bible, I liked this version. I wanted to read it for you. It says, there is, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. It's life or death. It's a fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. It goes on in the next verse, and this is, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be standing on your feet. That's the word of God. It's the promise of God. Our victory, I like to look at it like a season pass. You know, my family talks me into a season pass every year for Kings Island. I only go a couple of times, but I usually, I go at least go enough to pay for the pass. But a season pass means I pull up to the gate. I, I walk up to the, the attendant standing there, and I'm just like, yeah, dude, I'm one of these. This is me. I get in. I get free drinks. Every five minutes, I get another Coke. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm a pe- pass holder. That's me. Yeah, that's me. Discounts. Oh, you're a pass holder. Yeah. I got a pass. When you come to Christ, you got a season pass on victory. Yeah. On victory. Battle rages against you. I started singing last night when I got in. I was with friends last evening, and when I got home, I, I, I started singing. I'm going to go to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp. Then I got into the living room, and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet, he's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 59 and 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west 
and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. This means war. We're in a declaration of war. This verse that we've read here, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God. You know what that is? That's a fighter's verse. That's a battle cry for a combat situation. And it's time for the church to rise up and get over some of the complacency and the laziness and the, 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 the softness of who we think we are when it comes to churchy things and religious things and country club things. And we need to start standing up, put on the gear of war because we are in a battle. Our children are, are dying lost. Our our, our colleges, our high schools, our junior hires, our elementary age students are fighting the fight of their life. And we are the church. We are the ones. Jesus said it's built on the rock and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. The problem I got is we got Christians standing back looking at the giant scared to death. I can't beat the devil. I'm not stupid. But I know that through Christ, I am more than a conqueror. Through Christ, I'm victorious. Through Christ, I am the head and not the tail. I'm up above and not beneath. I am victorious through him. So the enemy, I don't put him on personal notice. I like what David did. He said, how dare you defy the armies of the most high God? I come at you. I come at you in the power, in the glory, and in the strength of the one, the captain of the Lord's army. That truth, that awesomeness. You think about it. I mean, the, the, the church sometimes, we got to rise up in the middle of our quest to, to embrace God and to connect with one another and pursue growth and serve the world. We've got to remember that sometimes along our journey towards our mission, towards our vision, suddenly out of nowhere, a trial stops us dead in our tracks. I said, Lord, I need to preach serve the world. We've been on three weeks already, and now we need to do this one. It's like in order, Lord. You don't understand. We're in a one church series. It, this is a series. We, we do one service after another, staying focused on the theme. My spirit, he said, yeah, and all along your journey, fulfilling your mission, the enemy, from where I'm the door and I'm the good shepherd, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he is in the midst of all that mission and vision. And sometimes, little pastor, you got to stop what you're doing and you got to look up and fight a devil or two or three. And then you get back on the road and you carry on keeping your eyes focused on the prize because it's not about you. It'll never be about you. It'll never be about the message. It'll never be about the order of service. It'll never be about those things. It'll always be about the battle that you're winning, the battle that you'll never lose, the battle that you will constantly know you are victorious through Christ. So we'll fight, we'll not quit, we'll not give up. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. We're armed and dangerous. You see, what we need to understand, Luke, is that we're dangerous. See, you're gonna leave here today and it's gonna be a different, 
whole different afternoon. You're going to come back tonight and you're going to be like, mm, I went to the enemy's camp. You're going to walk in here and the music will start and you'll just, you'll be out of your seat. and You'll be like, brother, come over here. Oh, lay hands on you. Yes. Be healed. You know, we're, we're going to have the power of God. It's going to change your life because you are armed and dangerous when you have the armor of God on. You just don't know it. You forgot. You forgot that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We cower back at the enemy. I got mad at the devil last night. I got mad. I said, you get out of my house. I've already prayed you over. I got no word to say to you. I'm not entertaining your thoughts. I'm not going to let you tell me how I feel. I'm not going to let you dictate to me what's going to happen in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you. I plead the blood over my house and my home and my family. And I'm telling you, you're done. You are Goliath and you're going down. Hallelujah. The church, church has got to get strong. Church has got to wake up and remember who they are. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. Some more peculiar than others. <laughs> called into the light, delivered from the darkness. The enemy scares you, taunts you, attacks you. You see the picture of Elijah sitting under the juniper tree. I all by myself am serving you. Just let me die. God's like, oh, brother. Get up, Elijah. Get up, Ray. Get up. Don't live like you're underneath. Don't live like you should be afraid. Don't live like you're weak. You are armed and dangerous. Because if you start declaring the promise of God, see, we even walk into our fights. I'm going to fight you, devil, uh, in, in the name of the church, in the name of Pastor Ray, in, in the name of Jesus. I'm fighting you, devil. Devil. Leave me alone. Go away. Ooh, did you hear that? Something's downstairs. It's probably the demon. Oh, we live in this mentality. We've watched too much Hollywood. We really believe that the enemy's got some advantage. We're not ignorant to his devices of distraction, discouragement, defeat, and stealing and robbing and thieving from us. We know he tries to kill. We know he tries to destroy. He can only do that if we're ignorant to his devices because the Bible is clear to point out that if you'll know who you are in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You already got him beat. So if we'll stand up in the power of the most high and living God, like David, had that army sitting back there, trembling in their boots. What a great story. I can't wait to get to heaven. Say, who was in the army when David killed Goliath? Who are you guys? Oh, only half of you made it, okay. What was up with y'all being petrified? And the Bible, the, the, the holy, written, inspired, God-breathed word says, you are shaking in your boots. 
that's cool. How embarrassing for them. They were all back there. The brothers. Here's David. He brings them lunch. He brought them lunch. And they're like, what are you doing here? You just want to get out of shepherding. You just want to, you just want to be up here where all the action is. Always wanting attention, David. What's going on? Oh, Goliath, man, the enemy. Look at him. He's nine feet tall. I ain't afraid of him. Oh, David, shut up. Go home. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're a boy. You're nothing. You're a dog. Goliath, yeah, he's like a dog. What are you sending a kid for? And David's just like, no. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I protect my dad's sheep. I'm all over it. And if God helped me do that and write a song in between, then he can take care of this uncircumcised Philistine. He can take care of him. He just had a confidence. He just had a courage. When it, when it God who said to Joshua, Moses is dead. Get up. You're going to lead the children out. Be strong. Be courageous. And as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Can I remind you, as he was with the Hebrew children through the fire, as he was with Daniel, as he went through the lion's den, as he was with all of the disciples who were some beheaded, some boiled in oil, some hung upside down on a cross, as he was with every child of God you've ever read about, so will he be with you. You will not go down without there being a fight and a win. You are going to be victorious, and if you'll just get it in your mind and in your heart who you are, you'll stop with the living a defeated, discouraged life. You'll get through these battles. We'll all get through our battles and not fight like we're somebody on the backside, a, a red-headed stepchild. Some of you are like, red-headed? Yeah, I used to be red-headed. It was actually a burnt orange. It was really terrible. I prayed at the piano when I was seven years old. Honestly, I looked up into the mirror. My mom had a mirror at the piano. So as you're playing, you're looking at your head. And I was like, God, why did you punish me with this hair? <laughs> For those of you who are old enough, I looked just like, like Jody on Family Affair. It was terrible. And Richie Cunningham. Oh. But I, I know if we know who we are and we stop living in the shadows of defeat and discouragement, and we start understanding we are armed with the armor of God. And the armor, you say, well, I understand we got to put that armor on, but you know, it's just, I'm, I'm tired and, and fighting. I'm just not a fighter. And Hey, all you got to do is put the protection on your head, the helmet, put, put on the belt of truth. Just Make sure you're not getting an error. Stay true to the Word of God. Don't get off on your own theology. Don't get out there trying to come up with your own way and your own religion. No man comes to the Father except through Christ. His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is the truth. And as we lean hard and build our foundations on this Word of God, that's where you're kept in truth. In truth, if you keep yourself in truth, that's half the battle won. So you've got the helmet. You've got the truth. You've got... You've got 
got your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, with those nails on the underside of those sandals. When you plant your feet, there's no retreat. There's no going back. He gives you that ability to stand your ground and not get fearful and not get weak and trembled in the knees, army, and get out and move back this way. It, it's so it's so put together that you are protected in every way. The breastplate of righteousness where you are given righteousness from Christ. And he is giving you that as a protection over your heart and your soul. And you've got these things all working together in your life and in your body. And all the armor coming together. And then he says, fight with that sword. And you're like, yeah, the, the sword, that's, it's heavy. The sword means you fight like Jesus fought in the wilderness when the enemy came against him. He used the sword. What is the sword? The sword, which is the word of God. The word of God. When the enemy came at him three different times, Jesus said, it is written. And that put the enemy to flight. If you'll just understand what it says in this word, if you'll get it and start using it as a weapon instead of a good little plaque on your wall from Gatlinburg, if you'll start using the promises of God in declaration saying, no, this isn't hope so, it's not maybe, it's not just some idea, this is the truth and my foundation for winning the battle. So I'm going to look at every one of these scriptures and I'm going to look at them in a way that's different than I've looked at them before. I'm going to start understanding. I'm not going to forget who I am. I'm not going to forget what he said. The enemy don't fight fair. The enemy is going to deceive. He's going to do everything he can. This is the evil day. How many of you know the Lord's coming? Can I, can I remind you of that? Any day now, the world is set up. The Lord is getting ready to come. The battle's almost over. Hang on. Don't quit now. Oh, I feel the Lord when I said that to you. He's doing everything in his power. He's mad. The, the enemy, he deceived the church for years. There were so many fanatics and people that got off on, on some crazy stuff that, that half the church shut down and said, well, we don't do that spiritual warfare stuff because, you know, back in the day, all those people, you know, being strange. So they've all gotten away from stuff. And so the devil laughs as he walks off. He deceived. He stole. He stole from the church. So we don't fight. We don't, we don't get involved in spiritual warfare. We know it's the end days. It's the last days. And we also know that because society has walked so far away from God, the enemy's having a heyday now. He's having, we have never seen it like this. Satan worship, atheism, pornography, false religion. You know, when I was a kid, false religion, we, it was the, the sun, young moon people that sold flowers in the airport, and that was all I knew. These days, there's a God on every corner. My, my niece just got back from Thailand, and she was talking about these shrines on the corners of the street in downtown Bangkok, how everywhere, all the young people were flocked and lined up, getting and praying in these little false shrines to false gods. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. Now you go in stores in our, in our very community, and you don't know what people believe. You got every kind of a false religion being represented like never before. It's gone crazy, where it's the sexual morality, immorality, the drug and alcohol abuse. 
abuse. The killing of the unborn is higher than it's ever been. The sweeping redefinition of marriage. All of these things. We are in a terrible time in our society, in our community. If we ever needed to get our warfare on, if we ever needed some spiritual battle going on, we need it now. Our kids, they're, they're attacking them in the junior highs. You, you think it's just the high schoolers and the college folks, but it's not. I'm finding out. I'm hearing all these reports and I'm talking to folks and I'm listening and I'm seeing the battles that are raging in our families. They're starting at the elementary school. They're skipping. By the time you get to high school, they're already the walking dead. They don't even bother with the high school students anymore. They're going after your elementary kids. They're going after your middle school kids. And they're getting them younger and younger every year. And the church is sitting back scared of a bald devil that is not against anybody who doesn't have hair. I have a big issue right there. But I just see the devil with no hair, no teeth, ugly as anything, and only this tall. Amen. You saw him too. <laughs> They're going after him. And the church sits back, scared to death of the boogeyman. Scared to death that, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to create situations. We, we just want to tiptoe, you know, the religious thing. My dear Lord. It's the only hope this world has. There is no Senate bill or House Congress uh, document, no committee that's going to come together to fix our problems. There is no human wisdom that's going to fix where we are right now. There is nothing but the power of Almighty God that's going to come in great fire to every situation. Now, don't you dare get deceived. Don't you dare get lost in the philosophies of this world. Don't you dare get in error. Don't you, don't you lose confidence in the faith. Don't you dare get off sideways. You like Paul at the end of it, you say, no, I kept my faith. I finished my race and I fought every step of the way until I got the victory. I have met no one, no one in my life who has ever testified that I trusted God to the very end and he failed me. getting ready to stop. It's 10 to 1. I'll end with this. Quite a few weeks ago, we lost, we lost Ryan. What a battle that was for all of us. 33-year-old young man. Broke my heart. I went through a very hard, hard time. And that is, could not be compared to what Christy and the boys and the family went through. I thought, Lord, I really thought you were going to heal him. I mean, I felt the Lord. I felt promise. I felt, God, I, as a pastor, I, I felt like that was going to happen like it did. I didn't feel like it was going to happen like it did. The Lord was like, are you under the impression that he didn't win? I'm like, no, no, I, I know he won. He said, he did. He won. Because whether we all like it or not, I mean, I don't know why we forget about it because we live like we forget about it. But, Jen, we live like we're, we're going to live forever. But we never know. We never know. And all of us, can I really, I'm going to send you out with such a positive note today. 
we will have your service. We will. You'll have mine if the Lord carries. But what's important about that is how we transition through the door, right? Ryan, the Lord reminded me how I was over at his house and he wanted to talk about death. He wanted to talk about heaven. He wanted questions answered. He, he wanted to know about the service. Me and him planned his whole service together. He, every song, everything, he did it. He wanted to do that. It was uncomfortable for me, but I said, if you want to talk about it, buddy, we'll do it. So we did. He said, you know, he said, I'm real thankful about something. I said, what's that? I was just trying to be a comfort to him, and yet he was fixing to bless me. He said, you know, before I got the diagnosis, cancer, he said, I, I wasn't living like I should. He said, I went to church, but it wasn't a priority. He said, we were hit or miss, and he said, I wasn't living right. And that's when he apologized for when they got married. Some of the boys in the wedding brought in a little beer. And he said, I just want you to know I'm sorry about that. It was 12 years earlier. <laughs> I was like, Dude, I'm not even thinking about that. Guy, don't worry about it. He apologized about all that. We printed, we, he called me from the doctor's office, and I met he and Christy, and we prayed. And the first thing he said in that office when he came straight from the doctor's office was he said, I need to pray to get right. I need to get right with God. And so we prayed the sinner's prayer, and he got right with God. And I mean, that boy, he fell in love with Jesus. And the next eight months, he grew like crazy. I wish other Christians could grow like him. He wasn't growing because he was sick. He wasn't growing, you know, in some idea of religion. He fell in love with Jesus. It was awesome. He was being wise. And he, his comments and the growth that God was doing in his life was amazing. And he looked at me and he said, I have a, I've been given a gift. This cancer. And I said, what is it? And he said, well, I wasn't living like I should before. He said, but in this eight months, he said, if the Lord heals me to heaven, he said, I was able to model in front of my three sons how a man goes through his life and trusts God and makes God his Lord and Savior. He said, I showed my boys how to be a believer. He said, that's the greatest gift I was given in this cancer and I was like wow and I remember the night the Sunday morning that he was here and he was over here in the altar he was praying right here and we prayed with him and, and I was moving around and he got up and he motioned for me and I come over to him and I said yeah he goes I want you to tell my family something I said alright he said either way if he heals me to heaven or if he heals me here he said, either way, he said, I just prayed it through right there. He said, in whichever way it goes, I'm at peace. He said, tell my family. I said, I will. It's, it's about fighting with all you got and winning. Winning. He won. He won. He's dancing in heaven right now. He's glorifying God. He's seeing things you and I only dream about. He won. Duran won. That morning, when I, you were sitting right here with him, 
and the Lord spoke in the service. And I said, Duran, today could be the last day. I mean, crazy. And it was for him. That day, God's got all this in the palm of his hand. He's got your battle in the palm of his hand. He knows what he's doing in this. We got to trust him to the end to see the victory. The only way you lose with God, the only way Ryan would have lost if he would have said, he failed me. But you know what? He went out in a chariot of fire. He went out in glory. He went out praising God and sanctified by the power of God. And he was not defeated. He was a victor. And you and I got to know, we're going to fight. And we're going to go through things. But every step of the way, we win if we just don't give up. Finally, my brethren, put on the whole armor of God and stand against the wiles of the enemy. And if you do that, you're guaranteed that you're going to be an overcomer. You're going to be a victor. And in the end, when it's all said and done, you will say with Paul, I fought a good fight. I finished my race. And I kept the faith. I never gave up. That's what it's all about. Stand up with me. I apologize. I promise if you come back tonight, I'll put a 20-minute message together. I've already got it together. I'll narrow it down. Can't forget, you've submitted yourself to God, so when you resist the devil, he has to flee from you. That's not a, that's a promise. We forget that when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we receive power to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, to cast out demons and to speak with new tongues. We forget that you have the power over all the power of the enemy. Listen, that's Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Listen to it. You have been given all the power of the enemy. You have power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm me. I can come boldly before the throne. Through him and the shield of faith, I can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Do you realize who you are? You're armed and dangerous. The devil knows you're dangerous. He wants you to forget. Rhonda, he wants you to forget that you're dangerous. When you walk into God's house and you start to pray, you're dangerous, miss. You're dangerous. Every time you anoint, every time you lay hands, every time you speak the promises of God, the power of God, it's dangerous. The enemy says, oh, no, 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 no. Don't let her think that. Don't let Debbie think she's powerful. Don't let her think she's deserted. Let her think she's, she's doubting discouraged. Let her think she's depressed. There ain't no good in her. Nobody loves her. She's lost it all. She trusted God and she failed miserably. That's what you, he tells you over and over and over again. But God says, sift through the dirt. Listen, get through all them weeds and look up to the glory of God's power in your life. You are a child, a daughter, a son of God. And when you speak the promises of God, he spoke and the worlds were formed. He spoke and all of the power of the enemy was put out of heaven. He has the power. All authority and power has been given to Christ. And he says, through his power, you have power over all the power of the enemy. The devil says, shh. Don't let them know that. I've worked too hard to discourage them. I've worked way too hard to depress them. I keep making the spooky, scary circumstances. They think God's forsaken them. Leave them alone, pastor. I wrestled and I fought the battle 
all weekend long so that I could look you square in the face and I can tell you today, you are more than victorious. You are more than a victor through Christ. You have already won the battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. And he's not giving up. He's not quitting. He's coming on a white horse. He's coming in power and in might. Oh, I feel this. Lift your hands and give him praise. Praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade over my right hand. He blesses me going in and going out. I got to remember this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. I'll fear no evil. Devil, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. He'll set a table in the presence of my enemy. I'll feast while the devil looks on as a loser. I'm here in great power, greater power than you know, greater power than you have imagined. I can do all things and nothing is impossible with me. My people die for lack of knowledge. My people lose because of a lack of strength and faith to just believe. Know that I am here for you. I'm here in great power to lead you through you're in a wilderness experience, and I, the Lord, am your hope. I'm your light. I'm your guide. Trust in me now. Lean upon me in truth and know that I will lead you out. That's my promise. That is my word. You are my child. The enemy has discouraged you and has left you feeling like you are forsaken, but I, the Lord, said I have made a promise that I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. I am with you in this hour, and you know it. You feel and sense me now. Know that I will go with you. Know that the enemy is no match for my power. See this. Feel this. Know this. Declare this, and you will see the glory of God risen upon you. Hallelujah. Would you just honor the presence of the Holy Spirit now? Would you lift your hands to him? Oh, Lord, we honor you. Lord, we're, we've forgotten that we're a victorious church. You're wanting to remind us who we are. 
Lord, you don't have a weak church. You don't, your church is not weak. Your church is not fragile. Your, your church is not, not lazy. It's not complacent, cold, lukewarm. No, your church. Your church, church is a city set on a hill that can't be hid. Your church is 300 men on a hill with a broken piece of glass and a lantern shouting at the victory that their God gives them against tens of thousands of enemies. Oh, let us see, God, all you need is a few good men, a few good women. All you need is a Gideon threshing in the wine press who will get an idea that he's a mighty man of valor. All you need, all you need is a Rahab who can be forgiven and know that God will use her. All you need is a Mary Magdalene who can rise up and go and sin no more and she's been washed and sanctified and fit for the master's use. Lord, you didn't call us to be perfect. You called us to be submitted. And when we submit to you, the enemy, after we resist him, must flee. In the battle that we fight, we win. Help us not to be discouraged and defeated by the lies, the thievery of the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. I, I'm asking you this morning, if there's someone here who would lift up their hand and they would say, Pastor, this message, the way God changed the order, changed the speaker, changed, it was for me. Would you lift up your hand? Amen. All over this sanctuary. Amen. Then right now, lift up the other hand. Both hands up to the Lord. My Lord, I feel you. Feel your presence, God. Empower your people this morning. Empower them by the mighty Holy Ghost. Right now, the angels of God, I, I sense at the end of the fight, at the end of the battle, Jesus in the wilderness experience, and Satan had flown, fleed from him in that moment. The Bible says angels came and ministered to him. I'm, I'm believing, I'm praying right now. I saw in my spirit that the angels of God are descending all over this sanctuary right now, ministering to those in the battle, ministering to those who are fighting the good fight. Right now, receive the ministry of God, the boldness that comes through God, the power of the Lord. You've been pushed, and you've been pushed, and you've been knocked down, and you've been knocked seemingly out of the picture. But go right now, envision yourself the faith it takes to rise up in courage to the boldness. You'll be pushed no more. You'll be pushed back no more. David picked up one little rock. One little rock and the power of the Holy Spirit took that one week. All he had in his hand. You don't have anything. You feel like you don't have the answer. You don't have the, it figured out. You don't know what to do. Then just pick up what you got. It might just be that you've got a handful of dirt because you've been down on your face. Pick up that dirt and let the Holy Ghost wail it right in the enemy's face. 
Let the enemy go down with something menial and little in your hand. It might just be that you've been writing prayers out on a piece of paper. I want you to take that pen and that paper and whisk it out now at the devil's face. It's powerful in the hand of Almighty God. The work of God in His Spirit is bringing you into a place of victory and deliverance right now. The Holy Spirit, the angels of God are ministering to you right now. Receive it from the Lord. We're doing battle today. I'm sorry we've went over time. I'll, I'll ask you to forgive me. But you have got to understand there's a battle going on here. And I see winners, champions all over this sanctuary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your blessed, blessed holy name. We give you glory and honor. One last question. Is there someone who needs Jesus today? You've come in here. You came ready. You need him as your savior. You need to make things right. And you want the opportunity to accept Christ into your life. If you're here, you want to pray that prayer with us before we go. Then just lift up your hand and write back down. Are you here? God bless you. Say anyone, God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. I knew it in my heart. I knew you were here. Is there anyone else? Real quickly, we're going to pray. People got to get to Frisch's. I'm kidding. Anyone else? I'm going to pray that prayer. God bless you. Several hands going up this morning. Is there one more? One more. I'm waiting. One more. All right, let's pray. These that have lifted your hand, a simple prayer, but a powerful one. It's not magic. It's not the words. It's none of that. It's what comes from your heart that saves you. You give your heart to God, you're saved. We're just going to help you get there. This is, the Bible says if a man or a woman believes in their heart that he died on the cross, that he's the son of God, that he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, that he did that for your salvation, then you're saved. So we're believing as you confess that now through this prayer that your life is going to be transformed and changed. Right now we're going to pray that prayer. Church, pray with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins accept you as my savior be the lord of my life wash me cleanse me you died on the cross for me you rose from the dead you purchased my salvation so i come to you today i believe it in my heart and i confess it now with my mouth so according to your word i'm saved born again a brand new creature in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I do apologize for going over in our time today, but I think we needed to do this. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be back here tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll be preaching. The power of God will meet us here. Richard. God bless you all. Have a wonderful afternoon. We want to remind you that we're going into a normal week of church here. Have our services Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as normal. We'll see you back next Sunday. We uh, want to give our pastors time to get to our doors. And uh, we just want you to go and be blessed today. And we look forward to a wonderful day of being the church. Amen. God bless you all.